Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is WEEI Late Night with KJ Carson on WEEI. Tommy, what happens on Christmas Eve? Do the Patriots rally? Do they rally around each other? Do they find a way to play Cincinnati close? Or is this just circling the bowl? They're just not a good enough offense. Even if they were all, you know, kumbaya all the way out onto the field for the coin flipping all day long, they're just not a good enough offense. They have 24 touchdowns in 14 games. It's unimaginably inept. The teams that they've beaten are quarterbacked by Zach Wilson two times, Sam Ellinger. You guys know all the rest. Yes. Yes. So, no, they're not going to magically topple the Bengals and score 40 points. It's not going to happen. So... It sucks, but and it sucks to, to to cover a team that gets into this level of dysfunction and mediocrity, but onward! The second hour of Late Night WEEI with KJ is right here. 617-779-7937. The text line 37937. That's Tommy Curran talking about, look, the Patriots just don't have the weaponry to hang with the Bengals. Now, I think weather will play a factor in possibly slowing the game down. Just the problem is the Patriots don't need anything to slow down. Like they, they, they need suddenly the, the temperatures to jump to the forties when they get the ball and then drop back down. That can happen to England. They say, you know, stick around for 15 minutes. If you want to change in weather, but if it happened literally like that, then no one can tell me that God is not a Patriots fan. If that could happen, but that's not going to happen. So if you if you were here make 15 minutes ago, I was talking about like one of the most disparaging things about the Patriots and the disconnect that if there's the thing, the one thing the offense ranks number one in the league in is ball is a is field is a field possession, like a average starting yardage, which is really a special teams number. Nose number two, the Bengals. So literally there you have it. What the special teams does for the Bengals is slightly below what the special teams does for the Patriots. And there is where you can see the difference in the offense. Yeah, it's like the one advantage they had over their opponents is now not there anymore. Right. Like, this is like one versus two, and two is clearly much better than one. And for the last four or five weeks, I've believed that the Bengals are the most dangerous team in the AFC. 
They are the team that is not worried about anybody. They are the team that people forget to include in the whole Bills versus Chiefs, and that's going to be a showdown. It's like the Bengals feel like I think they could be both of them. I think it was because of the beginning of the year they struggled so much, and then because they they saw the and Rams then, Super Bowl hangover, and they were thinking, right. "Oh, the Bengals are going to have a Super Bowl hangover." They're young, but no, they didn't. But the Bengals realized that that formula from last year can still work. Get it together. Remember at the beginning of last year, the conversation was, could Jamar Chase adjust to the NFL football because he was dropping a lot of passes in preseason? Yeah, he even said like the ball was different because in college they have the lines and whatever, so he was like giving himself the excuse of the preseason. I, I do wonder if that applies to Mac Jones. Like, I wonder if the change from the college ball to the pro ball I just don't know. Like, you know, like I see Jamar Chase and said, look, I had to adjust to the ball. And then you see last week at Las Vegas, you're like, well, you know, uh, we don't want to, we didn't really want to go for that play. Huh? Because if you're constantly running, like if you took the knee with 30 seconds left and say, you know what, we're going to run the clock out and play this in the overtime and maybe play to Belichick strength against the Raiders and expect Derek Carr to probably make another mistake, which probably would have been more likely, right? fatigue, tiring, you know what they wanted to do, what they were trying to do on that last drive. He was probably going to try and target um, Darren Waller a little too much and would have had something over the middle for the defense to grab a piece of and then get into Nick Folk range, win the game with a field goal in overtime, and it would have been a totally different story. You could tell I read a lot of Choose Your Own Adventure books when I was a kid because that would have been the better adventure than what that will be played for years. But look, when it comes to the Bengals, they don't make mistakes on offense. Third in turnovers. Third in fumbles lost. So they don't turn the ball over. They don't throw interceptions. Fourth in first, in first downs. Sixth in yards. Second in touchdowns. The running game, that's where things are a bit dicey. But it's not something they depend on. But this would be the day you would probably say, hey, with the wind, you would want them to try and lean on the running game and put themselves in long downs and maybe walk into something that the Patriots can do, which is defend the pass pretty well. I mean, the rushing attempt, yards per per per, uh, per game, 28th in the league for the, for, the, for the Bengals. So while we talk about Joe Mixon and what he does, I, I think what, what you're really seeing is in goal line situations, they know they can turn to the run, but the run isn't part of their bread and butter in that 20-yard line to 20, well, 25-yard line to 25-yard line that I talk about, which, you know, in the middle of the field. Something to keep an eye on is uh, T. Higgins was limited in practice dealing with a hamstring. Cold weather, hamstrings, you're probably trying to continue to work that. I mean, they've got several uh, several players that have been in and out of practice. Uh, Lael Collins did not practice. Uh, they're saying it's rest, but that's something to keep in mind in on the o- offensive line. Where, you know, look, the Patriots, that's where the domination has been on the defensive side, especially rushing the passer. The Bengals are top five in the league, making sure drives don't end in a turnover. So they don't, like I mentioned, they don't turn the ball over. The Patriots, what they need to do is cut out the punting. That's that's kind of an indice. If the Patriots have punted six or more times, that's been in five of their last six games, and they're three and three. Can I throw a secret thing out here, too, just back on the Bengals? Their starting center is Ted Karras. 
Karras was <laughs> on the active roster of the Patriots last year. Don't think he's not sharing secrets as to what the Patriots like to do. Well, I don't think there's anything that's a mystery. <laughs> like in terms of what what they want to do. It's like a tell I, me, tell me something I don't know. Right. You know, I, I think with the emergence of Josh Uche, which people have been kind of waiting on, and maybe maybe I'll put it this way, better late than never. But now you have a couple of real bookends that get after the quarterback. And knowing that Joe Burrow's line hasn't always been the best. I mean, it broke his leg a couple of years ago. It was the worst and it was one of the worst in the league last year, despite how they finished. They spent quite a bit of money this year on it, and it hasn't really been great, great. I think it's something that the Patriots' defense can get to. And you're going to have to hope that the Patriots can at least pull off four sacks. They're going to have to put Joe Burrow down at least four times to have a shot to be in this game to to offset the offense. Because you figure if you put Joe Burrow down four times, it's most likely on what they're looking for in a big play on second down or a third down and seven to ten somewhere in there where you're stopping a drive from continuing. So these sacks will have to be drive-stopping situations, and by all accounts, they might be able to kind of contain the run when it comes down to Joe Mixon and, 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 and uh, P. Ryan, Samaj P. Ryan, which is James spelled backwards, isn't that? Isn't that? Samaj P. Ryan, isn't that E. James? Like it's like an electronic James? I think it ends with an I, though, so I think it's E. James. I. E. James. I. James. So there you go. It's like an iPod. It's an I. James. Um, but look, some of the pundits here in New England are all really just kind of on what the Patriots cannot do. Here's Greg Bedard on his thoughts on what the Patriots look like. I mean, there's just such a lack of attention to detail all over the place. I mean, even on the John U. Smith penalty, Tyquan Thornton's out there, like, taking his time instead of running his clear-out route. Ramondre Stevenson on the one to Nelson Aguilar, he's not even supposed to be on that side of the field. And there he is running the linebacker into Mac Jones's line of sight. And then Mac Jones doesn't, get, doesn't allow John U. Smith to get set on third and goal. I mean, it's just... It's a it's a dumpster fire. It really I don't like to be reactionary. I don't like to go over the top and I know I've criticized this offense since training camp. Uh, it's it's a complete disaster. I've been criticizing it since February. Was like you're actually thinking about like having a like a dating contest to see who becomes the offensive coordinator between Judge and Patricia? Like have you seen these guys resumes when they were the head coach of a team like they hired people to be bad offensive coordinators. <laughs> Jason Garrett on fourth and two. Yeah, that's Joe Judge's guy. Uh, yeah. I didn't think, I'll put it this way. The good thing that's come out of it is with all this disaster and all this blood on the dance floor, if you will, the Patriots are 500 team right now with three games to go. It's a dumpster fire. It- yeah. Look, we've been spoiled. We, we, the fan base knows this, and it's driven people crazy at least for about 12, 12 years, right? Because there's an actuality period where you on the inside already knows, but other people start like, think about like people were saying about Brady when he won the first championship, and then when the fans like, oh, they got lucky, and then this, and then you start making excuses. And then the whole thing about the six rings is 
it wasn't like it was like one through six all right in a row. There's that period where it's not happening, and then it happens again. You're like, yeah, it's wow. like a, it's like a two part dynasty where I think it was from like 2005 to 2015. Like they won a lot and they got to the AFC title in the Super Bowl, but they never won it. Right. It's like the married couple who's been married. Like for example, it's funny. I have a daughter. My daughters are 15 years apart. They don't have the same mom. One I had when I was in college. The other one I had once I got married. So when I tell people, it's like, yeah, I have a daughter this age and a daughter this age, they, they get this look on their face. I'm like, no, it wasn't 15 years of begging the same woman to forgive me. <laughs> you know, it, it, but that's what these split of championships were. Like, wow, you guys actually birthed a whole nother dynasty years into the marriage. And so for a lot of people across the country, this is the moment they've been waiting for. This is what they've wanted to see, the Patriots' struggle. That's why that backwards lateral on that last play of the game against the Raiders is just so antithesis of what the team has been for two decades. Like, if you ever, if you, if you took Jacoby Myers and put, took him back five years and he did that, where's Jacoby Myers right now? He's working at the Chestnut Hill Mall. <laughs> Today, you know, like, Today, I mean, he might get other jobs. He just wouldn't be on the field with them immediately. But even when that's not happening, and part of it, I think, a little bit is the culture as well, where it's kind of like, hey, you know, he took responsibility for his actions, and it's good that he stood up for it. Man, put him in that football locker room 25 years ago, Ron Meyer era. (laughs) Son, what are you doing? You get out of here now. So... Some of that plays into the factor as well. So if there's a hope that you see Saturday is that the the wind gust plays a factor and it affects Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow's got a very strong arm. Two, the Patriots are able to stifle the running game on the Bengals and be able to get to Joe Burrow at least four times. We've seen games where Joe Burrow's gone down six and seven times in a game. We've also seen the Patriots put guys six and seven times down in a game. That has to happen. And the other part, you get turnovers from the defense in anywhere on the other side of the 50. Those automatically have to be six points. Automatically. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. KJ late night. All right, so to come, we'll talk more Patriots. Wrapping up my thoughts on this Saturday's game. Plus, NFL dead or alive. Hang out. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
for like a defensive coach when the defense is playing well but the offense is not how do you make it so the team doesn't get divided you know how do you how do you keep your guys sort of focused on what they have to do and not you know stop that infighting that you know i guess from the outside looking into that well i would say our guys are, are are focused on their job at hand and that's playing defense um they do a good job of that you know we always talk about uh control of the things that we can control and for us um, that's it. As our, our attitude, our effort, our daily approach, um, the way we prepare for the game, the way that we study the game, the way we practice, um, the way we go out there and perform, and that's kind of how we what we do. For us, it, you know, this is the ultimate team sport, and so we're all a team. It doesn't matter who who does well. If I do if I do well, it, it's it's all it's all a team. It's a team game, and we win and we lose as a team, and that's what we preach because. Those guys in that locker room, they're, they're great brothers to one another, and they know that they can't win without each other. Yeah. Turn it up. Turn it up, Joe. Late night, W-E-E-I's, KJ, sticking to the beat. That's the Marcus Covington D-line coach for the Patriots saying, that, look, this is, this is a team. The Patriots are a team, and I think no one has lost that element there. I, I, I'm not really a fan of like, hey, you know, how does the D-line keep their cool about the offense? Not like, like, why set up that there's some type of division where I can show you examples that they're very much all together? They are. I, I, I do not buy that there's a divide in that locker room at all. Because I think that would be more egregious than anything else. If anything, they're rallying around how bad their offensive coaches are. Right. And so, yeah, I don't buy, yeah, I can understand frustration, but it will never be verbalized unless a player, you know, goes to another team and, you know, a couple years out and maybe even Belichick's not in the league anymore or something like that. Then, you know, I'll put it this way. Whoever decides to write a memoir, you know, over this season, about this season, like an inside book, people would read that. That's going to be a New York Times bestseller. Yeah, because this has been... I mean, this is being weirder than strange. And so, again, this is literally a game where you feel like the defense has to be the offense. For those who missed the degeneration, degenerating parody, I'll play that here in 20 minutes for those who missed it last night, is I think the defense takes pride in knowing that if you've got to lean on me, brother, You've got a hand. You've got a friend. We're going to do everything we possibly can. Even think about the Carl Duger, uh, the Kyle Duggar um, interception against the Raiders. Like you, like okay, this is now jump starting something. Something you know, you feel like something can happen when it wasn't happening with the offense. I just think in this turn, in terms of this Bengals game, it's going to have to happen at the beginning of the game. And not find you. You don't want to be behind Joe Burrow seventeen three. Yeah, I think that's another key we haven't talked about. Is if you're behind early, there's right. no chance because this is such the Bengals are such a momentum driven team. Well, there's a chance when Zach Wilson's the quarterback, and that's what happened with the Jets. There's a chance when Derek Carr's the quarterback, and even though that wasn't a win, the team did come back. Like, you know, and that's that's the other thing. I, I just feel like maybe, maybe just because how loud the noise has been about the offense. And, you know, I kind of mentioned last week that, hey, Trevor Lawrence now actually has a game-winning drive and Max still doesn't have one. 
that this could have given Mac a game-winning drive. And that's why I think part of the reason why they moved the ball down the field is just like, you know, let's go and get this and really get this victory for ourselves, right? Like, this could be one of those. And it would have been a statement, right? Because, hey, there was a great risk, and you would have gotten the best of the reward, which was the win, right? Because now you're like, hey, they moved this ball down the field in 30 seconds and scored. That's something to hang your hat on moving into the next week, knowing that your next game is at home. That would be the conversation this week is what the offense decided to do and take a chance on themselves, a la John Madden saying, I don't know what the Patriots are doing here. I would probably kneel and play for overtime. The rest is history. So you might feel like, hey, if if this can happen, not only does it change the narrative, but it puts the team above five hundred. And possibly puts them in the driver's seat of saying, hey, look, even winning two of the next three games, you're a playoff team. And you've had and you had a winning drive on the road after being seventeen down seventy three at the half and came back and won the game. Now, of course, that's not what happened. But that's where you understand kind of like, hey, because the defense has done so much to hold us down, what can we do to show the defense that we can get this done? and have more faith in us on the field. You know, because, again, like these guys are grown men. They understand that things happen. Um, Everybody's come, you know, everybody's not coming from a winning situation. Some guys are new and they want to prove themselves, and that's been able to happen. So sometimes when you see situations like this, you see, are there other players that are showing growth? Like Marcus Jones right now is like, hey, how good were you at the punt-pass-kick thing as a kid? (laughs) We might need you for two more of those. (laughs) So, you know, when you start seeing growth in other players, you're like, okay, everybody's not regressing. And therefore, people are thriving somehow in the system that are new. You know, it's good to see Christian Barmore back on the field. That's going to be very important moving forward. The growth of Ramondre Stevenson, that can't be ignored. I still think he ends up on the all-pro team as an alternate because you still have to wait to see what players from these later playoff teams um, yeah, they're going to be injury replacements. Whoever's playing right. in the Super Bowl aren't going to play. Right. So I I agree with you. I don't think it's just going to be Judon who represents yeah, the Pats. I, I, think it, I think Josh Uche gets in, and I think Ramondre Stevenson gets in. Uche would probably be the third one of those three as a replacement. So you've seen growth in areas where everything has pretty much looked dead. It's almost kind of like a couple of roses are coming up through the concrete, except for the concrete Below it is the quarterback situation, the offense, and the offensive coordinator. Major things. So Saturday, it's just going to have to be leaning on the defense. That cold weather, you got to get to Joe Burrow, get to him early. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but if, if there's a way you can get a mistake out of him, and it's in plus territory for the Patriots, the offense has to do everything, commit its entire soul. I don't know if they have a seance on Friday night, whatever you need to do. But if you're getting possession that's already in the plus territory, which game was that against the Jets? That they, they like, five five times they started with the ball in plus territory. Yeah, like right around midfield. Right, and just couldn't put it in. You know, like, even with the wind gusts, you don't even know if Nick Folk is guaranteed beyond 42 yards. Right, so about from the 25-yard line, right? So, like, 
you can't stall out at the 25 and be like, okay, let's rush the kicking team out there. Oh, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. That's not a gimme. And trust me, no one diagnoses the wind and the kicking game more than Bill Belichick. Right. So, you know, maybe all that that that, that grass where, where Kraft lands his, his helicopter, grab a handful of those and save them for different points of the game and toss them in the air. You know, when you're a kid, you're playing football. You, Which way is the wind going? Yeah, toss it up, say, okay, it's blowing like that way. Well, the flags do that, but those can be misnomers because they're catching the wind at the top. So even more so, those flags are either way. That means that as soon as that ball gets up in the air, it's going to catch some type of swirling wind. You just can't really trust it. All right, on Friday when I'm here, 6 p.m., I'll give my prediction at that time of a game score. Still not sold on it yet, plus I'll also do some of the lines for the weekend, a lot of games Saturday, some games on Christmas. So it is. It's gonna be. There's some could be some good games, but let's get to NFL dead or alive because there are a lot of zombies walking around. Hit it, Joe. All right, let's start in the NFC East, where I think it's pretty obvious that the Philadelphia Eagles are alive. They're following their three remaining games at Dallas, but we'll see where Jalen Hurts is in this. New Orleans and the Giants, absolutely, Eagles are alive. Dallas Cowboys are at 10-4. and four. Philadelphia this weekend, then at Tennessee, at Washington. I think this is a chance for them to kind of trim the lead for the Eagles, but not overtake them in the East, but they are well alive. Now, this team has been historically dead for the last couple of weeks. Not so much. The Giants are at 8-5-1 at Minnesota this weekend, and you just don't know if Minnesota can defend the ball. (laughs) Right? So... That'd be interesting to watch. Then they've got Indy and then at Philly. If the Cal- if the if the Giants can win two of their next three games, one would be an upset, but Indy wouldn't necessarily. The Giants could put themselves in a very good position to even challenge Dallas for that final position. The Giants are alive. A team that I've said has been pretty good, and now even though they're the last place team in the NFC East. The Commanders are at the 49ers this weekend. They play Cleveland at home in the Dallas to finish the season. It's going to be touch and go. If they lose this weekend, they're in trouble. But right now, as of now, they're alive. The NFC North, zombie land. Okay, of course, the Vikings at 11-3. They're the conference leaders. Uh, They're the division leaders. They already clinched the division. They've clinched the division. They've got the Giants at Green Bay, at Chicago. So they're already in. So clearly, they're alive. The walking zombies. The Detroit Lions, 7-7. At Carolina, Chicago at home, and at Green Bay. How big may that final game at Green Bay may be. The Lions at 7-7 seven and seven could run the table and are alive. Amazing. How, how shocking would it be to see the Lions in the playoffs? It'd be a long time since I've seen that. And talk about the walking dead. The Green Bay Packers at 6-8 and eight at Miami. You know a lot of Patriots are cheering for Green Bay Hold in on. that one. He's really alive. Look. They have some type of mojo against Minnesota if they can do it one more time at home. And then, like I mentioned, that final game versus Detroit. 
if the Packers run the table, they would be in the playoffs potentially. I have the Packers alive. Is that just because of Aaron Rodgers? Because, I mean, I don't doubt Aaron Rodgers either. I think if you put it in that Miami game and that Minnesota game are going to be key. He knows if he can pull up those two and get it to the to a, a game against Detroit at home. Ooh, that, 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 when's the last time this season you said, man, the game to, to possibly watch at the end of the season will be Green Bay versus Detroit? And the Chicago Bears at 3-11, and they're eliminated, so who they play next, it doesn't matter. You're dead, and you know it. <laughs> They've been dead. Not even That's one of those over. ones where it's like, stop it, they're dead already. Exactly. We need, we need a third cut for that one. I'll, I'll find that next week. Now, if the Packers and the Lions were the walking dead, this is the after show of the walking dead called the NFC South. The Buccaneers at 6-8 and eight lead the division this week. They're at Arizona. Then they've got Carolina and Atlanta because they're the division leader. They're alive. But here's where it gets crazy. The Panthers at 5-9, and nine, one game behind them, and own the tiebreaker over the Buccaneers, play Detroit this week, at Tampa next week, and then at New Orleans. If the Panthers run it, they win the division. <laughs> They're alive. And so are the Saints at 5-9, and nine, at Cleveland, at Philly, then Carolina, Technically, they're alive, though I think any one of those games they lose, they're out. So I still say they're alive until they play this weekend. The Falcons are 5-9, and nine, and they're holding by the final string at Baltimore. Then Arizona at home, Tampa at home. They, too, would have to run the table and probably have to hope for some things because of tiebreakers inside the division. But literally, the entire NFC South is alive. Crazy. In the NFC West, it's starting to pull away, and it's pulled away fast. The 49ers, they've got the West one. They've got Washington, then at Las Vegas and Arizona. So not only are they up by three games in the division, but they've got some cupcakes on the schedule. I like the 49ers to possibly be 13-4 and four, and maybe in the conversation as the number one seed. So stay tuned for that. They're well alive. Now, hanging on a string, the Seahawks at 7-7 at Kansas City this weekend. But they've got the Jets, and they've got the Raiders at home. That could be interesting. If they win two of those three, they would finish 9-8. They'd probably have to listen out for a couple teams to see what else happens across the league. But right now, Seattle is still alive. The Cardinals, they're eliminated, so it doesn't matter who they play this week. They're dead. You know it. The Rams? Oh, what a fall from grace. And you know it. They're eliminated as well. And you know it. Just for emphasis, because they are the defending champs. Defending Super Bowl champs. They may have to make some wholesale reconstruction going into next season. Amazing. Sometimes money doesn't pay. I mean, if baseball does, not necessarily. All right, to the AFC. Let's start in the AFC West, where the Chiefs are 11-3 and are right behind the Bills for the best record in the AFC. They've got Seattle this weekend at home, then Denver at home, and then at Las Vegas. Man, call it cupcake or layup. This team may win out and end up 14-3. and three. They are well alive, yes. 
The Chargers. Some of you prayer warriors for the Patriots are praying for them to lose this week at Indy or maybe next weekend against the Raiders or the following weekend at Denver. Nah, man. The Chargers, barring anything crazy happening, may sweep the board, finish 11-6. and six. They're well alive. Just because of what happened on Sunday... The Raiders at 6-8 and eight at Pittsburgh this week and San Francisco next week at home, Kansas City at home for their finale. Patriots fans have to pull for the Steelers to win to ensure that the Raiders are gone because technically they're still alive. You know they would be dead if they lost this weekend. Jeez, past weekend. Broncos, they're out of it at 4-10. and 10. Doesn't matter who they play, they're eliminated. You know it. We've got a zombie alert in the AFC South. The Tennessee Titans are 7-7. Seven and seven. What a kind of fall from grace. And Ryan Tannehill's out. He's out for the season, so it's the oh Malik my. Willis era. Oh, wow. So the Houston game gets a lot more interesting. Then they have Dallas at home and then at Jacksonville. Now, because they lead the division, they're alive. It's The Jacksonville Jaguars are only one game out of first in the AFC South. They're at the Jets this weekend, at Houston next weekend, and then Tennessee for their finale at home. If Tennessee loses a game and Jacksonville wins outright, which they could include in that game against Tennessee, Jacksonville would be your AFC South winner. (laughs) That's absolutely crazy. In the, AFC, in the AFC North, it's starting to flesh out, but we've got a zombie alert. Cincinnati, one of the most dangerous teams in the league, 10-4. and four. They've got the Pats Saturday, then they've got Buffalo, and then, at, and then they've got Baltimore at home. So not the easiest of schedules. I think they know this as well. They're alive, and I, they may win two out of the three. Ravens at 9-5. and five. They've got Atlanta this week, Pittsburgh next week, and then Cincinnati for their home finale. They've got to run the table to win the AFC North, but they're alive to get themselves into the playoffs, so they're alive. Oh, look out now. Get out the hot towels because the Cleveland Browns are 6-8. and eight. They've got New Orleans this week, and they're at Washington and at Pittsburgh. Technically, they are still alive, but would have to run the table to get to 9-8. and eight. Same thing with Pittsburgh. At Las Ve- they've got Las Vegas at home, then they're at Baltimore, and then Cleveland in their finale. Pretty much kind of like the Browns. They've got to run the table and need some help, but they are still they to me they're dead. I think that I think the Steelers are dead. I think that's just too much right there. All right, in the AFC East, as I take a deep breath, the Bills, they're number one in the AFC East and in the AFC. At Chicago this week, at Cincinnati next week. That's gonna be an interesting game. And then their finale, Patriots on the road in Buffalo. They're alive. It just pains me to say that about a Buffalo team. The Dolphins, be careful what you wish for because it may be tough to get to the end of it. At 8-6, and six, Green Bay this week at home, then against the Pats at Foxborough. That game may be cold, and then you wonder, you wonder what happens with two in that game. And then they've got the Jets for their finale. If they lose two of these three games, they would be out. But right now, they're alive at 8-6. and six. 
Patriots are seven and seven. Cincinnati Saturday, Miami the following week at home, and then the finale at Buffalo. The Patriots have to run the table just to see what's in front of them. I don't know if that happens. I've got the Patriots dead. You're dead, and you know it. If the Patriots are dead, well, the Jets at 7-7. They've got Jacksonville this week, then at Seattle, then at Miami. The Jets are dead. You're dead, and you know it. So if you take a look at the NFC playoff standing right now as it stands, the Eagles are the number one seed, Vikings two, 49ers three, watch out Vikings, Tampa Bay four, Dallas five, Giants six, Commander seven, Seattle, Lions, Green Bay are all in play for the wild card, and then Carolina, New Orleans Saints, Atlanta Falcons would have to run the table to win the South. That's why they're still in the playoff picture. In the AFC, the Bills are one, Chiefs two, Bengals three, Titans four, but watch out Titans because Jacksonville could run it and suddenly be the four seed. Ravens five, Chargers are six, and I think with the bullet. And then you've also got Miami at seven, who might have to watch out for some things. The Patriots are right at that eight line. They're at seven and seven. They're right ahead of the Jets because of the head-to-head. Jaguars at six and eight. And then the Raiders at six and eight. Browns at six and eight. Steelers at six and eight. Colts are pretty much a game away from done. What the Patriot fans would want? Chargers lose at Indy. Dolphins lose to Green Bay. Jets lose to the Jags. Cleveland lose to New Orleans and Pittsburgh over the Raiders. And that is NFL Dead or Alive here on Late Night with KJ on WEEI. The show wraps next. Thanks so much for hanging out. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Late night, W-E-E-I. It's KJ. Thanks so much for hanging out. Whether it's the last 15 minutes or the last hour and 50 minutes, I appreciate it. Remember, on the Odyssey app, it's free. Type in W-E-E-I. Type in 93.7. Has you right here. You can rewind the show. Hear things that you missed. We talked. I talked a little bit about the Red Sox, and you might want to hear that again. Just It might be a dose of reality that, I, like even as a fan, I don't want to hear, but I can. I, it seems like I recognize that the team is being set up to spend in 2023 on one big purchase versus spending anything this year and potentially even letting Raphael Devers go. Odyssey app, it's free. Type it in W-E-E-I, you can hear it. So before I go, and I will play the parody, uh, for those who've missed it, de- degenerating, um, look, 
if you might not know the story of a guy named Jerry Edmond, you won't recognize him by the name, but viral over Twitter, his video went out, a video of him in it went out where at the Raiders game, at the very end of it, you see this woman who's getting very belligerent and irate in the area of Jerry Edmond where he doesn't respond at all. Different tags and so forth have gone on through the day. I think he might be at a situation where someone's offering tickets to another game, just how he showed the restraint. Now, because of my training in this industry, I'm looking back at the video, and what I noticed is that the woman is really going off on the guy in the red next to Mr. Edmund. But the problem is she is putting her body on Mr. Edmund, and that's where the that, to me, that's where it goes wrong. Like, look, you don't touch me. The way he responded was absolutely correct. But the reason why she knows she can get away with that is because if he responded even screaming very loudly or going, Rawr, oh, my God, security, do you see the size of him? Oh, my God, I'm so threatened. I felt threatened. Everybody saw it. That's why he doesn't respond. <laughs> you like what I did there, didn't you? And so hopefully it's a lesson in that, you know what, Mr. Edmund mentioned that it was his first game he had ever gone to and he didn't want to get into a situation where he would find himself in a point of no return. And, brother, that's very understandable. All right, tonight we talked about like what the Patriots have to look at doing in terms of their game this Saturday against the Bengals. Uh, but right now the fan base are just feeling some kind of way. So here is the Dua Lipa. Did I say your name right, Joe? Because I know you're a fan. Dua Lipa? Yeah, that's how you say it. I know last night you calls it you call it something different, but yes, dual, du- I call it dual, dual IPA. <laughs> I call it dual IPA. Dual Lipa is the actual name. You know when I said when I said dual IPA, that was a total joke. That wasn't like I didn't really think that was her name. Yeah, I got you there. But this one is to her hit levitating. This is about the Patriots degenerating. Hit it, Joe. This season has been painful. I mean, flexed out of a Sunday night game that ended up being like the bonehead play of the year. It's degenerating. Patriots degenerating. Boy, this is debilitating right before our eyes. Matt Jones keeps progressing while Judge and Patricia should be working drive through fries. Bill should be screaming or go with Willie Beeman. Only three weeks to get it on stride. Defense been the offense while the offense been defeated right at the damn goal line. It's degenerating. 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 It's degenerating. Degenerating. The pass through. Max arm is light. Play calls on right. Ass is tight. The fans boo. On Monday nights, Thursday nights, kick off Sunday nights. It's all new. The quick game bites. Goal line fright. Can't do laterals right. This is true. Degenerating. 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 Did you ever think you would see the year 2000 pop up again? The pass through. Max arm is light. Play calls on right. Ass is tight, the fans boo! On Monday nights, Thursday nights, kick off Sunday night, it's all new. The quick game bites, goal line fright, can't do laterals right. This is true! Degenerating, 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 degenerating. Yep, it's not a good feeling, and you hope they turn it around Saturday against the Bengals, because right now it feels pretty degenerating. Thank you so much for being here, Joe Braverman. Again, thank you for your work. Happy holidays, KJ. I don't think we're working together. That's right. Happy holidays to you as well. May you enjoy your time with your family. Happy holidays to you as well because, well, I'll be here Friday. And then so I'll get to say happy holidays one more time. But I'm saying it specifically to you. Remember, W-E-E-I at Twitter, 
at KJ Carson at Twitter as well. Have a wonderful Wednesday night. Talk to you Friday, 6 p.m. here on WEEI. See ya! T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.